you've come to the right place. You're in the fast lane. Brought to you by Schnucks on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Don't forget, we've got... Game two of the World Series tonight between the Rays and the Dodgers right here on 101 ESPN. With Brad Thompson, I'm Anthony Stalter, and joining us right now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line is Jesse Rogers. We've talked to Jesse a a lot over the last couple of months, and he writes for ESPN.com. And Jesse, I saw that you also wrote about Kevin Cash defending the decision to keep Tyler Glass now in the game last night. For those that haven't checked out the piece what what was his reasoning for sticking with the Rays starter? Well, working backwards, once uh, Mookie Betts got to third after stealing second and third base with less than two outs, um, his reasoning at that point was they needed a strikeout, and Glasnow probably has the best chance of striking out Max Muncy. Okay, can kind of maybe buy that at that point, but it's before that really that came that that really was the big decision. Back to back walks to open that inning. Glasnow's at 99 pitches. The game's 2-1. to one. That's the game right there. And, I mean, six walks in less than five innings. It's just, that doesn't happen in the World Series very often. And he left him in there. And, of course, the floodgates opened a little bit. So that was a curious decision. And, and you got to know the backdrop here. The, the Rays go to their bullpen all the time. Third most innings pitched out of their pen during the regular season. Um, they they strand runners, inherited runners, uh, at, at the best clip in the league. Only 19% of inherited runners scored this season. Again, the best in the league. So here's this great bullpen, the ability to strand runners, and, and he kept Glasnow in there. So that's that's what went down. His reasoning in that moment was he felt his stuff was still good. I mean, how do you, I guess, argue that? He felt that way. I think a lot of people watching may have felt differently. Six walks, how good could his stuff have been? I think it was the one big decision in the game, and, and uh, you know, we can't go back and replay it with the reliever coming in. But um, to me, there's the known and then there's the unknown. The known is Glasnow struggling. The unknown is what the reliever, you know, is going to bring you. And I think the unknown was the better move. Yeah, look, uh, being uh, having worn a uniform before, I love the fact when a manager has a player's back and says, hey, I believe in you right there. I don't love looking at from the outside thinking my team might have an identity issue in the World Series now, doing stuff that they haven't done before. Uh, but either way, he laid it out. We'll see what he does with, uh, with Snell tonight if he runs into some trouble. Jesse, be honest. Were you uh, surprised at all that Clayton Kershaw just dealt yesterday as opposed to just struggling? No, I wasn't surprised because, in part, what the Rays bring to you at, at the plate right now. Their left-handers against righties are not doing anything. So to me, Kershaw facing Brandon Lau is not the Brandon Lau from a month ago, and, and the rest of the lefties in that lineup as well. So he had a sort of easy time. He also was dealing, but this Rays lineup is not the Braves, let's face it, right now at least. Their lefties better get going, or this is going to be a short series. So I, I wasn't surprised. Um, just a combination of, you know, Kershaw's always a, uh, uh, could, could come up with a big game. We know that. But, but the way the Rays are hitting, especially from the left side, really gave him kind of like a shortened lineup in a sense to face. Jesse Rogers is our guest here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. He covers Major League Baseball at ESPN.com. Uh, Jesse, BT and I are trying not to be – 
you know, we're trying not to overreact to one game, right? But it certainly looks like the Rays have met their match. If you were going to outline the the way for the Rays to still win this series, what would that look like? Well, you got to forget about an 8-3 loss. There'll probably be another high-scoring loss somewhere in there because the Dodgers lineup can't be held down for that long. But in between those games, you've got to win, like tonight, a two to one, three to one game, if possible, it might be a little high, a little more high scoring tonight. I mean, the Dodgers might throw a bullpen game, um, so the Rays might score some runs. But in general, I, they've got to win the low scoring games and somehow win three, three low scoring games, maybe one high scoring game, and in between, they might lose a couple of eight three contests like last night. That's the formula. It's got to be three to two, four to one, and they were on the way to doing that. In a sense, it was a close game early, and then and then Glasnow starts walking guys. And that's, of course, going to catch up to you. So, But that's the formula. Win some tight ones, throw away the bad ones, kind of the getaway from you like last night, because, again, there'll be another one. And then, you know, try to squeak this out in seven. Jesse, a question that was asked when the deal happened and one that is absolutely highlighted now, how the hell did the Red Sox let Mookie walk out the door? How do you <laughs> not figure out a way to keep that transcendent talent around? Is it simply because he wanted to get under a luxury tax? Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, it's, obviously it has all, all to do with money. They like the guy. There's nothing about his game you'd be worried about. It, it, of course, it's the luxury tax. It's your longer-term implications of, of, of signing him. And, 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 you know, every team goes through a cycle. I'm certainly not going to defend it. Um, I, I'm, I'm in Chicago. I cover the Cubs and Sox. The Cubs are at the end of a cycle of spending. The Sox are at the beginning of a cycle of spending, basically. The Red Sox were kind of at the end of that cycle for them. I'm not defending it, but, yeah, it, it comes down to that. The beauty of being the Dodgers is they can spend and then cycle out some some contracts and bring in some young guys and keep that combination going. Yet, obviously, still have a high payroll, but not not ex- so exorbitant that they that they you know hamstring themselves for years to come. But there's no defending it. Just like you said, transcendent players like that should stay with their team for their entirety of their career. Jesse, when you look at Game Two tonight, you've got. Tony uh, Tony Gotzlin going up against Blake Snell. Uh, from just from the standpoint of watching Kevin Cash operate last night with Tyler Glass. Now, how do you think that his approach could change with Blake Snell on the mound tonight? Yeah, I mean, like I said, he's gone to his bullpen often. Uh, he pulled Snell and Snell's mind a little early uh, earlier in the playoffs, right? He he pulled Charlie Morton early. You have a really good bullpen. I think you can't let it get away from you. And that's what I'm talking about, that low-scoring win. If you're going to get that low-scoring win, you've got to keep it close in the moment. These are tough decisions for managers, right, especially when you don't have an offense going. Every move is so important. So I, 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 I expect him to go back to his old ways of, of managing kind of tight. And if Snell's getting in trouble and um, those lefties are getting to him especially, I mean, that's the thing. This game, you know this. The game's on uh, on the mound from the left side and at the plate from the left side. If you can dominate from the left side in those areas, you're going to win. It, 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 even if the other team somehow is dominating from the right side, the lefties really have an advantage because they face mostly righties. But my point being, if the if the lefties get to Snell, watch out. So uh, he's got to have a quick trigger. I think he got to keep this game close, and it's kind of the way he's managed all year going to that bullpen. 
Tell you what, just thinking about this matchup again, and this was something that was evident last night, and Anthony and I were talking about it a minute ago, Jesse. I'll let Kevin Kiermeyer beat me all day. I can't let Randy Rosa, uh, Rosarena beat me. That can't happen. But on the flip side, I don't know who Snell tries to take away. Like I know Seager was the hottest hitter on the earth, not named a Rosarena last series. Like When you look at it from that side, is there a guy in that offense that you say, all right, well, this guy can't beat me, or are you just on alert the entire time i mean going into the series a lot of people thought Corey seager but every series it changes you know one guy gets hot another guy gets cold on this team yeah i don't see that i mean bellinger was kind of cold then he wins a uh, you know he wins a uh, game seven then comes back and 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 gets them the lead in, in game one here I, I yeah that this team is is so stacked i don't think you can sort of navigate the lineup that way like you just said with the rays where you just maybe pretty much have to navigate just the rookie so no, I mean you just got you just gotta, I think when you face a lineup like this, you just have to go at them. Certainly make them put the ball in play and kind of cross your fingers. Your defense shows up. They're a little unlucky. The one thing you can't do is six walks in less than five innings. Then you're just handing it, handing the game to them on on a tee. So that's the kind of uh, the way I, I, I look at it. There's there's really no navigating around it, especially without a pitcher batting. Right? This this DH really helped the Dodgers who are so deep. So go at them. Make sure your defense is where it should be, which the Rays do very well. Cross your fingers and try to squeak out a, a low-scoring win. Totally agree. Uh, Jesse, unrelated, but I want, I want to get your take being in Chicago. How much uh, stock are you putting into the White Sox interest in Tony La Russa? More and more every day. I will say that that, that did come out of the blue, even, even for myself, who covers this stuff. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't think he's the best candidate. But I don't think it's impossible that he can do the job. Look, he, he hasn't been on a beach for the last 10 years. He's been in three different front offices, including one that won a World Series with Boston. He is in tune with what's going on. My feeling, though, is why would you roll the dice when you have this Rolls Royce of a team coming out of a rebuild? Why would you roll the dice on someone that hasn't been in uniform in 10 years when there's so many other good candidates? Alex Cora, A.J. Hinch, we know there's some baggage. But in my mind, these are forgivable offenses. You can move past them. There's other guys a little bit more current. You may have to worry about the millennial and Tony LaRusso getting along. Like, that's a real thing. You hear from managers about that. And, and so why, why roll the dice? Again, I think he could do the job. I just don't know why you would take that chance. So uh, I am putting more stock into it. I, I, I don't think if the, if the front office has a say over the ownership, I don't think they're going to choose him. But if ownership says, no, I want him, um, they might because he and uh, Jerry Reinsdorf and Tony LaRusso are very close. You can follow Jesse Rogers on Twitter at Jesse Rogers ESPN. Always great stuff from you, Jesse. Enjoy the rest of the series. Thank you for joining us. You got it, guys. Take care. Thanks. So he, Jesse Rogers has told us he wouldn't, he wouldn't be shocked. He's buying in more and more to the White Sox potentially bringing back your uh, your former manager, BT. You know what struck me there, and it's just another testament of how quickly time goes by, but he mentioned 10 years not being in uniform for Tony La Russa. I'm like, hot damn, it's been 10 years? It certainly has. Look, I think it's a long shot, too, but I do know this. Tony would never agree to do something that he didn't believe that he can not only handle but thrive in doing. So it's interesting. We're going to see with them. But he is right, man. That is the keys to a Rolls Royce because that team's going to be pretty damn good. That's Brad Thompson. I'm Anthony Stalter. Randy Rosarina will go down as the biggest miss in Moe's Cardinals tenure. Is that true or poo? We'll play that next here on 101 ESPN.